0: Welcome back to The Underdogs, a podcast dedicated to covering the twists, turns, laughs, and tears of the Emmy Award winning Apple TV series, Ted Lasso.
1: Look, you know, this isn't a stroll down Abbey Road. This is a review of the latest episode of Ted Lasso. We get you a little bit of a three word episode review to set the stage, and then we tell you what happened on the pitch, off the pitch, get you into the main theme of the episode. And you know, we strike a chord with a little bit of pub trivia, and then eventually crown the winner winner football dinner. You know, like a simple song, Nick.
2: Nah, 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 Uh, hey, uh leave us a five star review, maybe. Is that how the song goes? I'm not 100% sure. Engage with us on the socials. Uh, make us take a sad song and make it better, baby. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, today we are covering. Season three's Episode 8, will Never Have Paris. With Total Football already producing results, we head to Richmond for a bit of introspection and inspiration, and how we kick it off is the same way we always do with a three-word episode review. Dan, what about you?
1: Heads in iClouds. You know, if you don't remember, the famous leak was of individual celebrities' iClouds being hacked is not the right word. It was a exploit based upon the fact that there were very, very weak password credentialing used and a limiting of security measures that maybe Nicholas will get into in his three-word match re- uh, three-word episode review that he has. But just in general, people were maybe not focused on the situation in the moment, focused on the ephemeral, and that's where mine came from.
0: Well, I, I can understand that. I'm continuing down saying is a new reality question mark because we're continuing on this U-turn from the beginning of the season, we're at least two consecutive episodes in. Will it continue, though? I highly doubt it. But the streak
2: lives on. Nick, what about you? I was very proud of mine with this one. Uh, I went with two-factor authenticity um, because this uh, this episode takes us in a lot of different directions. And at its core is the authentic, lasso-y vibes with a, a little help from his friends. There you go.
0: And before we kick off the episode and get into what happened on the pitch, Nick, there is a little bit of real world uh, events happening that are tied to the show.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, we're we're all kind of living in a world where um, corporations and the wealthy are are uh, flexing their their financial muscles, and unfortunately, the Writers Guild of America has elected to go on strike uh, yesterday. Uh, Brett Goldstein was uh, even in the picket lines, as he is a writer and as he has experienced what it's like to be a writer. Dan and I think, just on behalf of this show, we support the writers, the with from without whom this show would not even exist or be something that we get to enjoy. Um, and so, I, I just, I truly hope that people understand uh, what what the little guys going through in this uh, David versus Goliath struggle.
1: Yeah, you've seen. If you've looked for the reporting, you've seen a lot of really good stuff coming out about the very understandable demands from writers, what this does as a cascading impact for writing that has yet to happen or writing that has happened. I mean, just take a look at what happens with maybe House of Dragon, another show, different universe than Ted Lasso. Technically, writing is done. However... That's just the writing that happens before they go to production. There's rewrites that happen. There's reshoots. There's a lot of things that the writing does that doesn't happen just within the initial drafting of a script. And uh, if you look for Adam Conover's video where he was on CNN and talked about David Zaslav's earnings and – how much money he makes relative to the amount of money that the writers are asking for in general. Uh, the scales really don't tip out in the favor of the billionaire class. So, yeah, support your Writers Guild because entertainment is awesome and not everything is uh, you know as script- easily scriptable as uh, the Premier League. So you need them.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and turn our focus to On the Pitch, a.k.a. the football stuff, Not a lot here, if we're being quite honest with ourselves, but we do get insight about what's going on. We start the episode with another football montage to learn about how Ted's version of total football is progressing. Turns out, it's going pretty well. This team has gone on a four-match winning streak since losing to Arsenal. Jamie Tart is at the heart. Get it. Of the team's new ethos, Arlo White with the call to catch us up. Nick, how did it go?
2: A lot going on here, and we didn't get to see necessarily all the action take place on the pitch. but uh, Richmond beat Villa 3-0 with an offensive display. So they're back in the the winning tally, which is fantastic. Uh, Richmond make it two wins in a row. Southampton never knew what hit them. Uh, Bumber catch. Uh, midfielder with a 95th minute winner over Tottenham. The dog track, absolutely wild. And then another sensational win uh, for Richmond away at Everton, kind of an ode to season one where they won at Everton for the first time in 60 years. And I I guess the question I have for you, Dan, is with this new total football ethos, can, can Richmond win something for the first time in their entire history?
1: It almost feels like they're lining up We've been talking about how City has been their bogey team. It feels like another City Cup final. Yeah. Potentially lifting some type of trophy. Maybe not winning the Premier League, but getting something over one of these teams. I mean, there, there is the desire for the ultimate Nate versus Ted matchup. But, you know, Nate, Nate seems to be warming up again to his former manager mentor. So maybe that's not going to get to the conclusion we thought it would.
0: We'll have to see. I mean, we need a little bit more information about what's going on, but they're definitely—they're not getting relegated now, right? Very much, very much safe. Yeah, they—they—they've hit that U-turn, kind of like we were talking about earlier, uh, and it is—you uh, know—quite nice. Four in a row. That's twelve points. People around you drop points. That is a really, really good run. Um, so every, anything is possible. We'll get a little bit of more information about what the cups Cubs are Darnet. going on, but. <laughs> Kevin Garnett,
2: anything possible?
0: No? Anything. I feel like that's Ted would appreciate that. Uh, as we ch- uh, move to off the pitch, because as we know, the majority of this episode half there, um, Ted, Henry, Beard. We're going to go kind of by like groups through this episode. Yeah. So we got the Ted, Henry, Beard uh, triple up on this one. So after a string of wins, we uh, get Ted back at the pub, which is normal, but his company isn't. I was not ready for this. Michelle sitting across from him with Dr. Jacob.
2: Really? At, at, at our beloved really pub. What is happening? Come on. And we
0: hadn't seen him in a while, Nick, so it's like a little bit of a snap the neck, a little bit of a a sh- jerk reaction from me.
2: I, I loved this, the way they shot this, Dan, where it was like, Ted Lasso has to be the happiest man in football. And then they zone in on him sitting across from his ex-wife and her new boyfriend. And, like, the misery on his face as he's trying to, like, navigate the just the most awful small talk there's ever been. It's a a tough beat for old Ted there.
1: Well, the part where Ted gets reminded that he can call him Jake. you Yeah. That's something I don't know. I, I don't feel like often you find people in professions, um, no, some notoriety or advanced learnings, where they're like, "No, just call me by my first name." You know, mo- most of it is like, "Oh, it's Doctor So and So." You know, like it feels like Jake's trying real hard to make some inroads here with Ted because he knows that this is an awkward situation. But everything from. The jay z comments <laughs> all the way through. It shows that Michelle get in on it, so too. You get a little bit of that old history, Dan. Yeah. Real strong chemistry that Jake does not have with her.
2: She was she was in on the banter the entire episode. It was, a, it was yeah, a Uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: A priest wearing shorts was her uh, chip in there, which... Actually, to be fair. pause for a second. I didn't <laughs> yeah, think about like that. it's accurate. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Oh, well, the awkwardness is just the beginning. After May tells Ted that nothing is impossible. Oh, well, geez, look at me go there. Uh, like the tall Yoda she is. Uh, she sets Henry up with unlimited pinball. Uh, Jake heads off to wash his hands. He's a hand washing guy. You nice. know what I mean? Weird. Weirdo. I mean, good, good hygiene, but come Great on. Great hygiene. Uh, it leaves Michelle and Ted alone to have a conversation. She lets Ted know that Dr. Jacob actually surprised her with her trip to Paris, which is very different from the English countryside. Definitely, definitely eats at Ted as we learn later on in the episode. Um, what about it's coming out of his pocket, Stan? We got a little insight into what, what's in Ted's little EDC everyday carry.
1: (laughs) Uh, Very different from his actual everyday carry, because I forget who I think GQ did one of those episodes with Jason City. Oh, definitely, yeah. Exactly what he carried. Jeremy Strong's also very interesting. If you see Ted pull out some magnets, you know, for a board, right? You got your magnets for your players you want to move around. And then the Ola matchbook. Very same matchbook that Rebecca has been carrying with her as well, if... Nick wants to draw something out of that <laughs> from a significant standpoint.
2: Little old me, no. Why would I do that when I've been uh, shipping them this entire season? Uh, I do. I think the uh, the analysis online that I was able to see, and thank God for the uh, the social communities out there who are just eagle eyed, even more eagle eyed than I am. Uh, they're like they think that Ted's kind of going through the Tish's predictions in reverse. And that at some point there's going to be a shite nining armor moment for him, and that will kind of complete the cycle. And that's that's all I'll say about that. So that was the eagle eyed among the Twitter community out there.
0: Hmm, very, very interesting, you could say. Uh, but we won't stop there. Obviously, uh, back at the stadium, we see Henry being babysat <laughs> by Will. and <laughs> a stroke of genius, Will has Henry doing all of his kitman tasks
2: absolutely love this scene he says okay henry you scored excellently on kit presentation hanger integrity insane but we did drop a little on the towel folding didn't we that's okay i've been there but that does lead us to our next task which is towel placement uh then roy and beard and trent are just in the in the coach's office kind of watching this happen roy is this a game or child labor trent in late stage capitalism what's the difference beard word this is a, this is just a delight of a scene, honestly. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And Henry's super into it, just like trying to beat his his personal best on the stopwatch. Will's drinking a Frappuccino. Life is good.
0: It's what we call a win-win scenario, I would say. Uh, after watching Henry tells Ted Asked the Diamond Dogs, gets them back, gets them back in. A very specific question. Trent Krim figuring it out, what it's all about. By the way, Do you remember, Nick, how this all came about? Do you remember who asked the unimaginable question to Ted?
2: Brandon, are you going to tell me that it was... uh, Roy Kent choked it out. Ted, do you want to talk about it? (laughs) Roy wants to talk about like like normal people. He doesn't like the showmanship of the Diamond Dogs. That's where he he bounces out. Also, Beard, in this moment, very protective of the Diamond Dogs, has to induct new member Trent before they're able to get down to business. I thought that was a very interesting uh, scenario where he's like, this is a group of men who talk about their feelings and try and to encourage each other along the way. Are you in? Woof. He was. Mm. Valuable member, old Trent.
0: <laughs> uh, look, apparently we know what goes down in Paris, Paris. It is all about the love fest. Uh, it turns out, though, I mean... Ted is worried. A proposal to Michelle? I mean, what what is the timeline here, too? Like, help me kind of work that out. A year? Year and a half?
2: I would like to say less than a year. I mean,
0: plus there's the affair, you have to imagine.
1: Well, if you're thinking about timeline, so...
0: I was. Thank you.
1: We're not at Christmas yet, because we haven't had a Christmas special episode. So we're not halfway through the Premier League season.
2: I think they blew through it. Trying to think of I mean, how many they, games, okay. right? They played. I think they blew through Christmas. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I'm
1: trying to use too. Yeah, so let's just say they blew through Christmas and New Year's, which feels weird, but okay. Um, the start of the Premier League season was when Henry was going back, and then at the end of that episode, I think we found out about Doctor Jake. So it's then four months with maybe a little bit more time of like. Henry being over there for a couple of weeks, so maybe five six months.
2: I would guess it's like eight months, probably. I don't think it's a full year. I think mean, it's safe to take the under on that bet.
1: We need that guy on TikTok who can find like video <laughs> from like random sports games <laughs> oh, on TV yeah. episodes. How he, amazing are these people? Research it.
2: <laughs> Have you also seen the people who can like just they'll they'll be placed on Google Earth anywhere and they can identify where they are within like a meter? It's it's crazy. Yep. On Sa- sleuths.
0: Same idea here for sure. Um yeah, that was that was like I said, get him on the case, Dan. That would do really well. Um, but Ted goes on and says, Okay, now hold on a second. This is happening. All right. My man, hmm, is he, is he your man? Took Michelle to Paris on a surprise trip. Why else would he do that? Trent, can can we just talk whenever? <laughs> uh he says, uh, "Ted Higgins' beard all barking, you know, essentially to encourage him on." And uh, Siri is asking me about Michelle and Higgins right now. Oh my fucking god! Oh, I'm Keep trying to push in. through it, and I can't. Keep it in. <laughs> all right, That's Ted, amazing. you can't worry about something that hasn't happened yet. I found yet. this on
1: the web for you.
0: Oh man, Higgins! Ooh, what he said. If anything, you should find out before you flip out. And they bring
1: him back to ground
0: or Dan, they put two feet on the ground. Ted's grounded again. Ish.
1: Yeah. It's, he's not fully grounded, but at least he sees that there's an opportunity to tether him back to the ground if he'd like to be so. So we get the next little rendition biscuits with the boss. He asks for a recommendation on a private investigator, which is definitely a sneaky, sneaky Ted to be willing to front, front some money up for the PI to follow Michelle and Jake to Paris. And Rebecca Nick definitely tries to talk Ted out of it because she, she sees it as a red flag.
2: She's probably been there herself, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, the fact that Rupert uh, was so open with the cheating, she's probably been there. She's like, Ted, people visit Paris for all kinds of reasons. Ted. Yeah. I like getting engaged. Rebecca. No, they go to eat the amazing food after getting engaged. No, they go to see Oscar Wilde's grave before they get engaged. No, or they visit the Louvre to make fun of all the people taking blurry pictures of an overrated painting. Mm-hmm. Where'd you and Rupert get engaged, question mark? That doesn't matter. <laughs> so, look, he got her a little bit, to be fair, but she she knows, Brandon, that he's in a bad spot here. Uh, she She's trying to figure it out. She's concerned for him, and... I think this is just the act of a friend identifying behavior that they themselves have exhibited before and trying to get the other person to maybe take a different path. That's all. That's exactly It's exactly
0: it. Uh, she knows where he's at. She's here to help him out. She's concerned. So after work, we find Ted reading to Henry. It's a real father son moment that they don't get to do much anymore. Obviously, the whole Atlantic Ocean thing getting in the way. And he said, hey, how was your flight? Henry's like, it's good. Yeah, don't you know I had the most airline miles of any kid in my school? <laughs> what a flex, Nick. Yeah, boom. There you oh, go. he said. Ted goes on. And Henry's going to be a next
1: generation points guy.
0: <laughs> loves it. Ted goes on and says, oh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Things at school good, though? You and Doug back on track and all that? <laughs> yeah. Mm, we're starting a band. A band, really? All right, what instrument you going to play? Henry says the drums. Ted, okay. Well, your mom's gonna love that.
2: <laughs> the drums. Look, Ted's motives are not uh, all wholesome here. He's trying to glean information about Michelle's relationship with Jake. Uh, and Henry's falling asleep, and he doesn't really learn that much, right? Because Henry's falling asleep. But the, the thing that I took out of the scene, Dan, is he gets he gets kind of mad at himself for asking. Like, it's, it's like, dude, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, you gotta, you gotta get out of this moment. But it was, it was a cool, a cool little scene between him and Henry. I feel like their on screen relationship is really good.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's the, um, I forget the character's name, but it was, uh, Thomas Brody Sangster who played the kid in Love Actually. And I got a little flashback to that because, yeah. is going through a process of emotions by playing the drums and the father thinks it's one thing, but it's actually another, uh, I don't know if there's any other maybe like connection to it, but obviously happened in London. It was a dad with an adoptive son, but that's that whole, this whole scene gave me like that type of like love actually vibe for a little bit. Um, but yes, Ted, very similar to Liam Neeson, felt a little guilty, um, in that moment. Well, I mean, there's always, there's always that comparison. (laughs) But yeah, he definitely is
0: gleaning information, trying to get out of him, falls asleep, and we kind of end there. So we're going to take another ad break when we get back, though, jumping in to the next morning. Insert Beard. You know there's going to be fun. Thank you to the sponsors. and We'll be right back. So the next morning, Ted, Beard, have a rare day off and are looking for something fun to do with Henry. After some very inappropriate suggestions from Beard, Ted asks Henry what he wants to do. That is a pro tip from a dad right there.
1: And uh, classic, Dan. He wants to go to a football game. A-plus choice for a day <laughs> out in London, Henry. Love it. Just really no notes. Only maybe tiny bit of criticism is maybe check the fixtures. And it doesn't have to be a Premier League team. There's a lot of That's great football it. happening in England. Championship, League One, non-league. And there's there's a lot of enjoyable stuff to get into. It doesn't have to be the expensive Premier League ticket. But, boy, oh, boy, we find out when Beard researches Nick there's only one game in town that weekend. Huh. It's not the team you were hoping for.
2: That's awfully convenient, isn't it? Uh, I also love this from Ted. Okay, let me see if I get this straight. My one day off from football and you want to watch football, it's a little bit like asking a mailman to go for a walk at his day off, don't you think? Yeah, you don't care. You're just a little boy and as is all heck. And, and like, I just love that, like, Little introspection with himself there, Brandon. He's like, nah, he doesn't. There, there's nothing that's gonna kind of shake him here. He just doesn't know the world, yeah. just out there living it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Classic, only one game. It must be Sunday. I think it's probably safe to assume, right? And uh it's West Ham. They have to go to the East London, see Nate's team play. Henry even gets a West Ham kit and calls Nate. Ends up getting his attention, turns around, Ted and Beard, they all wave. Oh, yo, yo, a bit awkward, but Henry doesn't, you know, really get the full story, Nick, between Ted and Nate. It is unintentionally acting as an olive branch, as you wrote here.
2: Yeah, it, if you remember back to the the first episode of this season, when they were doing the Legos, and Lego Nate was off to the side, and and Henry was like, well... You and Nate can still be friends, right? And Ted put him back onto the coaches lineup even though he wasn't a part of the the team anymore. Henry doesn't know that, you know, Nate has completely and utterly betrayed Ted in as many ways as we all know. Henry just sees that his dad and his and his friend don't work together anymore. And I thought this this is a a way back for them, is that the innocence of a of a child to kind of bring everyone together. And I I think it's a pretty neat storyline personally.
0: Well, it continues, right? Because, uh, after the match, Ted and uncle beard, take Henry back to the crown and anchor for some good food. May almost refuses to see, (laughs) to serve them after, uh, seeing the West ham kit. Understandably instead light probation for the offenders. No biggie. They sit outside so they can listen to a new busker playing some tunes Little did we know that this would be one of the moments of the entire series. Break it down for me,
1: Dan. Well, this first off, I I, again, just a weird note. It's a pub in London on a weekend during match days. Richmond isn't playing, and so in that scenario, most kits would be welcome regardless. I mean, typically you're not pushing. Not, not May, Dan.
2: She ain't having it. I
1: understand not May. I just, but also. There were plenty of Richmond kits out and around <laughs> at the same time on a non-match day. I like, I don't know, just maybe some notes. Again, just a few little quibbles. Oh, but anyway.
2: I like that Beard was like, you think I wanted to fucking be there? <laughs> that was it was
1: great. Uh, Beard is always going full kit and we we appreciate him for it. But Ted gets the call from Rebecca, steps away from the situation. Uh, you know, Rebecca asked the question, like, why didn't you ever take Michelle to Paris yourself? And then Ted gives up the list of excuses the more times, and then Rebecca just drops the like, who gives a flying fuck if Michelle gets engaged? Fantastic. Again, no notes. This time relationship with her has passed, but your time with Henry hasn't. You need to stop letting yesterday get in the way of today. Well, uh, again, there's like uh, a lot of references to the yeah. songs through this conversation. And it eventually gets down to the fact that he realizes that instead of fretting about what Michelle Willer won't do with her life because their life together has, we think, ended, he should enjoy the time that he has with Henry right in front of him that he can fully embrace. Yeah.
2: Ted, Ted ends with the, uh, from, from episode six, Mercy Bucket's boss. She, understanding all of Ted's witticisms, Brandon comes back with Darianne which is you're welcome. And to me this is an opportunity f- for them to understand each other. If you know if you flash back to season 1, Ted was the one consoling her outside of the charity function, right, trying to help her get over her ex and has done so ever since. You know, she's fallen back into the pit of despair more than one time. This is a a moment as as we see from uh, Ted Lasso is a vibe on Twitter that they basically say the same thing to each other. He says in season 1 episode 8, don't let uh don't let your past muck around with y'all's future. She says you need to stop letting yesterday get in the way today. And nice little symmetry there if you don't if you don't uh mind me saying so. None minding at
0: all sir. It is a good parallel path especially when you see the images here. Um, you know, very different places. They, they're they literally in very different places, uh, personally. But while Ted is on the phone, Uncle Beard plays a huge role coming up big. says, hey, Henry, you have a great mom and dad, and they love you tons. Even though it's weird, they live in different countries. And I know right now it feels like you're in a sad song. But you, young man, you have the power to take a sad song and make it better. Henry's like, I like that. said, yeah, me too. But you know what the best thing about this song is? Henry goes, what? Na, 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 nah, nah. They break it out in the little melody, rip it off, enjoy it. The karaoke king of a song.
2: I just, I love this, man. First of all, it's an amazing song. And two, you knew that at some point in this season, you were going to get a little bit of music to kind of quench your soul a little bit. And it was actually a cool note. Um, uh, you know, Brendan... Hunt, who plays Coach Beard, has been very open with his uh, use of Hey Jude and why he loves the song so much. Um, He saw Paul play it live the day his mom dies. His son is born while it came on his shuffle. He wrote it into the episode about, you know, kind of connecting past, present and future. And I think that's a really cool bit of writing from the team to kind of play into someone's personal uh experience and and history with a song because we all have those songs dan we all have songs where it's like points to a moment in time and you're like wow like that will forever just be embedded into my my brain
1: yeah music as a memory inducer as a way to call back to a moment in time and and the way it can intertwine with those moments so that the song and the emotion and the memory are one conjoined item moving forward is so perfectly captured in this moment. And I think that you get from this, the movement back to Ted's place because all good things have to come to an end. The one great day out has to end as Henry goes back to the U S with Michelle with Dr. Jake, who is doing the most awkward pictures of himself in London, the ultra tourist type of moment. And then you see Ted, Brandon, pull off a little bit of the inspection moment of holding the bag to get that extra look to see, is there a ring? And there isn't one. Look, this
0: is the culmination for him. It's what the whole episode is about, right? It all came to this point. Rebecca paid the expenses, got some news, then blanked him, yanked him back into reality, uh, tried to straighten him out, and so it's was left up to Ted. And uh, they had that awkward long hold on the backpack. As it kind of shocked him, and he was trying to process it.
2: There was a little bit of romantic chemistry between them, despite Jake being there, which was very odd. I guess... My question for you guys, do do we think he's going to go down the spiral and try and win her back, or do you think he's going to listen to Rebecca and move on? Brandon? These are all the twists and turns that I don't want anything to do with, so it's hard Come for on, me Brandon, to, why don't you to get just involved. do a little prediction. Just one little tiny... So then, no. Tiny...
0: There's my prediction.
2: Bam. There you go. Dan?
1: I think it makes Ted Becca less likely.
2: <laughs> so Dan's just betting against me? <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> hey, look. I could have made a lot of good money off fading you over the past 10 years.
2: <laughs> what kind of, you, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. That's what you're saying. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well,
0: uh, moving along here, we have Keeley. A lot happened or did a, not, a lot not happen because it's just make out scene after make out scene.
2: Lots of making out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I was wondering if she had like something in her contract for like kissing scenes or she gets bonuses or something. And that's why there's so many this season. Can't stop. Stop. All right. We pick up with Keely's story with her and Jack cuddling and whispering sweet nothings to each other. They look happy, but trouble is brewing after they get a text from her uncle Bernie inviting them to a swanky pool event for charity. Jack wants to go to show off her new girlfriend and Keely agrees it just unfolds quite funny, Dan, is when they get to the end of it and figure out who it is. But it's just it's just another one of those events, right, rich people go
1: to? Yeah, polo, right? Who hasn't who, wanted to be? Who invited? among us? <laughs> you know, who, who's ever turned down an invitation to a polo ground for a little bit of champagne, a little bit of hoity-toity discourse?
0: I like how your Why list not? of things that would be at that event stopped at champagne because we don't have a clue. <laughs>
2: We've never been invited personally, but that's okay. One I do can like,
1: imagine with the invite.
2: <laughs> There'd be a horse. I like that Keeley said, the one time I've been on a horse was for a photo shoot. The horse was so drugged up, it could have been a guitarist in the Sex Pistols. Boom. Excellent burn, Keeley. Well played. Uh, so, look, but but Jack saying show off her, her new girlfriend kind of feels very surface level to me. That's all I'm going to say about
0: that. Yeah, not introduce Right, not
2: yeah. arm candy, like trophy wife, that kind of stuff. That's just not. That's not a good vibe. Yeah.
1: Well. But initially, with the uncle, you think, oh, it's introduction to family. Family, does right? Does feel like a. It's big a big move. Deal. Yeah. Well, before that can it even it wasn't really come to play.
0: Keely says, oh shit, 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 shit. She is getting blown up. Data leaks have happened. The photos, the videos have gone out. A lot of celebrities uh, were hacked, and she has a private video out there for the public to know. She's absolutely horrified, and Jack tries to calm her down with the promise to help her solve the problem. But it doesn't go well,
2: Nick. Uh, she says, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, this is bad because my friends are going to see this, my family, the team. Jack tries to calm her down. She says, oh, God, the office, I'm their boss. like," And then she promises to take care of it. Right. And the the reassurance there is nice because it's like when you're going through a moment like that, Brandon, like you want someone in your corner, you want someone to tell you it's going to be okay, You want someone to try and fix it because you're probably not capable mentally of handling that situation appropriately. No, usually in
0: that situation, you're really good at running through every possible worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to doom
2: spiral? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly make it out to be the worst possible thing ever to be fair. It's super private and 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 embarrassing without a doubt to her point, like her family seeing it. She's a boss, her employees seeing it. I mean, it undermines her and puts a lot of relationships uh, at Jeopardy. So uh, really, really unfortunate. we switch back to the office uh clearly. Keely is shaken. She's reading her own press before getting a statement from Jack that she wants her to read, and she wants her to put on her own socials coming from Babs. It, again, was not a great situation. It's lawyered up, right? It's 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 that classic kind of PR move, and Keely just has to wrestle with it. She's still trying to process it, and now she's dropped this by her girlfriend and and doesn't know what to do with it.
2: Yeah, she says, uh, the, the letter says, allow me to first... I offer my sincere apologies. I deeply regret that video. Some of you have seen online. I'm beyond embarrassed and should have never made this video in the first place. I hope you can forgive me while I learn and grow. It's like your it, template uh, from uh, any sort of PR disaster. Dan, learn and grow. Um, that's the that's the one right there. And it's just it's a uh, it's, it's a bad uh, vibe.
1: It's the thoughts and prayers for the uh, <laughs> basically. <laughs> The, the the social set of mis misgivings or missteps, as it were. It's it's the type of thing that you could imagine that Jack wants to remain in the relationship mode and doesn't want to have to be in the boss mode, and so getting Babs to come through with the drive by drop off gives. Jack the arms-length distance that she needs to not necessarily be the face of bad news.
2: But Keely knows where to go when she's in real trouble. And that's her old friend Rebecca. Um they they have a, an amazing scene together here. I, I absolutely love their scenes together, but Rebecca who is look rightfully so mostly business uh in in their relationship is playing the role of comforter at this point. Uh, she just cares about Keely. She knows this is terrible. If you think back to season one when they became friends, Rebecca showed her that topless photo from the paparazzi well, well, right after their her and Rupert's divorce. So she knows what this is like, although not maybe to this extent. Um, and, it, you know, they have a really great dialogue here keely says i'm not an idiot i don't know there's tons of topless photos of me online but those were my choice rebecca says absolutely that makes a huge difference is there anything i can do to help again just trying to help and keely says restructure society so women aren't constantly sexualized while simultaneously being crucified for being sexual this is a not so subtle hint at uh, at how a lot of uh a lot of women feel living in society, Brandon, and they were uh, not afraid to just say it out loud here on the show. Very, very true. And Rebecca continues to help Keeley work through
0: her feelings about the statement. And I think she tries. She gives a good perspective. Rebecca knows this game. Been around the mm-hmm. PR block once or twice, as we know. And Rebecca says, oh, she didn't write this. Keeley says, you don't think so? Becca's like, no, it's caked in lawyer ick. You don't want to say that, do you? Keely's like, no. And Rebecca says, then tell her that. Give her a chance to surprise you.
2: It's followed by one hell of a personal story, which we will not repeat here, but it was hilarious and frankly, absolutely loved it. Um, they they finally are, it feels like they're kind of backed in in each other's good graces after Keely's kind of gone on this whirlwind tour with with Jack and and maybe have rekindled their friendship a little bit.
1: Well, you know, this is sometimes what happens in relationships, that when mm-hmm. there's an initial start to it, the focus and the fixation is on that relationship, potentially to the detriment of others. We saw the prioritization of Keely taking a jet to Norway for the Northern Lights with Jack instead of spending an evening with Rebecca in Amsterdam. So, like, we've seen the brushing off happen in a natural way. It's not a desire for them to not spend time with another. But when the going gets tough, it just shows that they are still there for each other, rocks for each other, confidants for one another in really, really tough moments.
0: Just when things are going well, <laughs> enter Roy to the scene. After getting the confidence boost from Rebecca, Roy approaches Keeley with condolences that are really, really insecure, uncomfortable, and misguided. Well, probably well intentioned, but misdelivered. Absolutely swings in a whiff. He goes, I heard about what happened. It's fucking shit. Yeah, on so many levels. I'm so sorry. Thanks, Roy. The video, who was it for? Uh shit i'm sorry keely i'm really sorry she oh, gone
2: Roy, roy's growth path has not been as linear as some others <laughs> this season uh he's he's really fluctuated up and down and this was a uh probably the worst moment since he uh described how to beat a person in the middle of the night um in, in their sleep uh this was a a tough moment dan and i think He's still just completely shook by her. He he can't. He can't function. It's crazy.
1: Well, you saw the scene where he walks out of the room when the players find out that Keely was one of the people impacted and doesn't have anything to say. Very rare that there's not even an emotion. There's no emote, there's no slamming the door. There's just a walk out of scene. Cuz he not handle being around people in that moment. But then you also saw earlier in the episode that he asked Ted if he wanted to talk about what was going on. So, like, the roller coaster of Roy is giving us highs and lows for his overall emotional development this season. Well, Keely drives home and
0: is working on a puzzle with a large glass of wine when Jack arrives. Keely is still pissed about this statement, but gives Jack a chance to do the right thing after finding out the, the Barbara is a party animal. They intend to forget the day. But the feelings are still lingering with Keeley, so she went shopping the next day super early, tried to take the edge off, a la a little retail therapy. She's ready for the charity polo gala event, but Jack canceled due to Keeley's news, so they have
2: to pivot. And how do you pivot from that, Nick? You play mini-golf, man. In Come on, mini-golf's amazing. Just absolute swanky outfits. Uh, Jack's wearing the all-white. Miami Vice suit which is sweet and Keely has her polka dot thing on I don't know what you call that because I'm not a fashion expert but it was polka dotty in, in nature and they, they are they're having a lot of fun they're trying to forget the day and they get interrupted by an old university friend uh, of, of Jack's that shows up and Jack says hey this is a it's, it was like the, the Thor versus uh, Hulk thing this is a friend from work <laughs> Um, that, that's not, that's not a great thing, Dan. Didn't even acknowledge her as a, as a, as a girlfriend. I mean. Very
1: odd considering at the beginning of the episode that it had changed so quickly into wanting to introduce her. And maybe it was more about Jack protecting her personal brand, not necessarily wanting to be affiliated with somebody who has, you know, a, uh, you know, lewd video that has now been released online. In terms of who who is a type of character, because clearly there's a character concern here now from Jack about Keely,
2: and they they have it out. I mean, that is the the kind of big story here. Um She's embarrassed by this. Jack is more than Keely is, I think, which is is a pretty big signal to me, Brandon, that. They are, they're not kind of long for this world. Keeley says before, when you said you were going to take care of this, I I mean, you were going to get the video taken down or something. Jack's like, we tried. It's the fucking internet. I don't know what to say, but making the statement is taking care of it now by having me make an apology. Keeley says, Jack says, yes, please just do it. Sorry. It's not a great look when the person I'm seeing whose company I fund has a porno online, they go back and forth. Jack storms off, says that she doesn't know if she's coming back. First question to you, Brandon, is this the end of these two? I would be okay with it. I I think it probably is. Second question for you, Dan. Do we think that Jack is going to be petty and pull her funding for KJPR?
1: I think that business people tend to have a willingness to endure the terrible things as long as it is... Uh, generating the green that they are looking for, a return on investment, if you will, Nicholas. Please so explain KJPR, it to me, Jack. <laughs> I know. So there's this thing called interest, and when you lend mm. something to one mm-hmm. another, you typically want to make a return on the money that you're lending. Mm. And uh, that you. is what Jack is hoping to do with KJPR. Um, we can get into a 201-level class in the next episode. Cannot wait. I think that Jack it was is willing to basically, you know, just... Be a shadow investor as long as she's getting return on the dollars, but maybe it's going to be more stringent, less friendly than the KJPR that we've known so far.
2: I think it goes out the window when you've dated someone. I think there's a lot of emotions involved there. That's why you don't do it typically. Uh, that's a that's a good signal there. Well, after Brendan I was going to say plot twist.
0: after a rough couple of days, Jamie of all people shows up at Keeley's door to. Apologize. After all, the video was for him while they were dating, and the hack was of his email that led to the release of the video. It's a critical moment for keely because she has been waiting for him to be accountable. Turns out, he finally is. Says Jamie, "This is not your fault." He said, "No, it is my fault." And let me—I just need to tell you, I deleted it off my phone way back when we broke up. I deleted everything. I mean, not straight away because I didn't think that you and me was maybe gonna get back together then. But then you started going out with Roy, and that's when I deleted most of it. Well, like half. But that was mostly out of anger, to be honest, because, well, I think I thought the only reason that the two of you was going out was to make me jealous. But then I saw it was real, and I got rid of it all. I just forgot about the emails. It's so stupid. I should have been more careful. I should have picked a stronger password or something.
2: Now, what a lead up that is. I absolutely love this. Keely says, oh, no, don't tell me your password is password. Jamie, to to signify, I should say, why writers are so important and and you should support the WGA strike. Well, yeah, to be fair, I did think that I'd fool him because I spelled it with two S's. Let's just,
1: again, (laughs) that's not going to work for a standard password that you use with Apple for your iCloud because there's no way Jamie isn't using the default stuff that's set up with it. He's not using a Dropbox. He's not using a Google Photos or an Amazon Photos. He is using the built-in information on his device. And as we know, in an Apple show, everybody, every good person uses an iPhone. Apple does not allow a villain to use non-iPhone technology. Uh, or ha- forces them to use non iPhones, so uh, password would actually need to be a little stronger than that.
0: So thanks, nerd. You're welcome for that, uh, everyone <laughs> out there. Uh, Nick wants to know: do you, Do we think they'll get together? Well, Nick, do you? Um, I think this is a false flag. I think they're friends. I tell you what: the trend lines are definitely in Jamie's favor. If it's between Jamie and Roy now at this point, but more to come. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Roy did himself no favors in this episode, so that's a, a fair enough point. Yeah, you put that tweet in here. They even commented on their clothes, even. Yeah, th- uh, this is from uh, Little Weirdos. This, uh, this basically said this is an interesting contrast, not only between Jamie and Roy and behavior in this episode, but how they're dressing. Jamie shows up in the light, kind of white angel. Roy is the, you know, always wearing black, the devil. Um, and, yeah, kind of an interesting... Uh, a uh, little dichotomy between them.
0: All right. We're going to take our last air break, but when we get back over to the team, much more to come. Thank you to the sponsors and we'll be right back. All right. After training, the team are together to have a very real conversation about di- data privacy. I almost said privacy after learning about the leak and those affected mainly Keeley. This leak has either intrigued or scared the hell out of certain players. Colin says he's going to look while others, including Isaac warn against it. Why? because it's not theirs to look at. He was very mature in this situation, saying it wasn't meant for us Jan Moss. It was their private property. The players go back and forth, uh, and we end up pretty much getting most of the players say at the end, they'll agree. Jamie's involved. Sam's involved. And um, enough of the big players in the locker room, Nick, is what you need to kind of get everybody to fall in line.
2: Yeah, I think this is pretty typical of society. Like, There are a bunch of people who are like, well, if you don't want naked pictures of yourself out there, don't take them. And then there are a bunch of people who are like, well, if I never intended them to leak and and they did, that's not on me. That's on sickos who are out there. I think I I tend to fall in the latter category. Uh, I love that Sam offered a solution that is like the nicest guy ever solution, which is uh you know he said whenever I have a relationship in, I ask the girl to go through my phone, delete any photos, videos, whatever she wants, and uh then he says, uh one girl actually deleted candy Crush. I was devastated, but I also understood <laughs> amazing and again, you this take like a serious moment and just add that levity to it, but I mean, Colin and Isaac are kind of at odds in this one, right? Colin isn't so sure about what Isaac's saying and thinks that like you know again why should i have to play by these rules if i'm not the one, you know, kind of perpetrating what's going on here? and dan uh dan e comes in with i think probably the line that kind of firms it up for everybody, right?
1: yeah, i mean he goes full one day more and talks about Les rob with the <laughs> it's about doing what's right and we get a john vill john reference as well. very Very good, you know, I mean, you've seen this before, like in West Wing, there's a lot of references to like theater and play that just rolls off the tongue with characters you, I mean, in that show, maybe more so characters that you would assume that would have the understanding of uh, musical theater and shows, but uh, not necessarily what you would have maybe in the standard footballers locker room. So this is, you know, a good little uh, turn here in the way that they pull this off.
2: And and Isaac shows up big here, Brandon, right? He's like, everyone, take out your phones, delete every single picture and video you've ever been set. We're all targets for this shit. Delete everything. <laughs> Roberts comes in with, but we're professional footballers. It could take days, Danny, even weeks. Uh, and this leads up to a pretty uncomfortable exchange between him and Colin.
0: Yeah, w- without a doubt. I mean, you know They've already gotten like you unanimous support, especially when they find out it's Keely. I think that really hits home for them, mm-hmm. right? Someone in their almost locker room, definitely in their team space. So it gets to the point where Isaac says to Colin, I wasn't playing. I told you to delete that shit. Colin says, I will, man. Fuck off. Very contentious. Very thorny and cagey. Isaac said, I said delete it right now. And he grabs his phone from him. And you would imagine based on the reactions. He sees something
2: that he wasn't expecting to, and uh, Isaac kind of storms off. Yeah, I think I think the prompt here is like, and, and this is led into with the the preview for the next episode, where it seems like they're having a bit of a tough time with each other. They're classic friends in the locker room. They're, they're one of the stronger alliances in the locker room. Um, and I guess what happens between them is it's simply that Isaac's mad that he that Colin didn't trust him enough to to tell him what was going on in his personal life, or is there something deeper and more nefarious happening there? I think that's that's probably what we find out in episode nine. But my favorite little scene here is that Richard is there three, four in the morning, it looks like, still deleting stuff and going through his memories and going, Oh, Mexico, kind of shedding a tear. It was fantastic. The French. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again. Hey, guys, let's find out. This is cultural stuff. Is Isaac going to accept? If we're not. We're going to see. He's the leader. But this is
2: definitely a fork in the road for the show, and we'll see which way they take it. It was it was a really cool here's what to do about data privacy in the context of the show, though. They've taken on so many different things, and this was another one of those things. Um, so, yeah, just bravo to the writers for for building that in. So, Nate...
0: Had a bit of a a surprise. Last but not least, Nate. Yeah, had a bit of a surprise this episode. Uh, I remember he took that leap of faith, asked Jade out, and it's paid off. Over the last few weeks, they went from dating to staying at each other's places. Nate's still in shock that he landed Jade and isn't yet comfortable being anything but perfect for her. Shower
2: and shave. (laughs) Kind of weird. What a lunatic, by the way. (laughs) My God.
1: I I mean, some people might be thinking goals. Wakes up early to take the shower and brush the teeth beforehand? I don't know.
0: Well, he invites Jade to breakfast, but he isn't sure of their status, tries to play coy about it. Um, he, look, he is who he is. He struggles to communicate how he feels. Jade doesn't let him off easy. It's kind of funny, Dan, watching this in, in real
1: time as well. Yeah, you get some really good back and forth. Via. If someone were asked about uh, what terminology <laughs> would you best recommend describes our relationship you know Nate's football might be direct on the pitch but boy oh boy he does like to hoof the ball around when trying to get to the end of the conversation here with Jade.
2: Oh uh, this is like when you're in 7th grade and you first ask a girl out and you're like a, 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 that's just probably his dating level it. to be fair. to,
1: to be fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean he he I mean he makes boxes, right? And, and nothing against creativity and trying to do something different to woo someone, but like he's clearly has not developed in kind of adult relationship circles.
0: Right. Um, so when we get back to a little West Ham action, Nate gathered Roger, his Higgins, and Disco, his beard, together in his office for a surprise meeting. After learning that Rupert is uh, not joining the meeting, he's, he's not busy, <laughs> he's just not coming, Nate finally lets both of them know what's going on. He's trying to recreate the Diamond Dogs... And he's looking to get the love hound started. No heads up. Boy. No idea (laughs) of what's going on.
2: So awkward. Just the the pauses are so good. He's like, I thought that we we men could get together whenever we needed to every now and then. Just kind of talk and help each other out with how things are going in our personal lives. Uh, And then the guy's like, uh, uh, Roger was like, I would like to talk about how to deal with aging parents. And he's like, actually, it's my turn to talk. Uh, So I started seeing this girl. It's going really well. I like her. She's great, but she's hesitant. uh, She's hesitant to label our relationship and I don't know how to, you know, whether give her space, let her know how strongly I feel. And then disco hits him back with, I've been divorced three times. Never let them know how you feel. It's very expensive. And that was the end of the uh, love hounds there. Brandon didn't, didn't necessarily work. There wasn't the magic without Ted.
0: There was absolutely nothing there. Um, the good news for him, uh, Jade sends the good morning text. She's still interested. Uh, Nate, we're seeing the uh, hesitancy, right? We'll type something out, deletes it, sends a different message. He's filtering himself. And then again, he's, he sees Ted at the match, right? We go back to that moment, and it just it messes with him. Because again, why is Ted there? Beard is there, full kit wanker. Henry's waving to him as if they're friends. And uh, Rupert texted him and apologized. And again, Nick, this is where we see write out one text, delete it, send a different one because he always has to play a character. He's not who he is.
2: No, Rupert would have seen that first response, which is, oh, I thought it was funny as weakness. So he says, oh, good. Let's let's never let him back in the stadium again. And it does bring us to a point, Dan, it's like, do, do we think that Nate's ever going to summon up the courage to try and talk to Ted again? I mean, what, what, what do you think's going to happen here? Because it's just, they're dancing around this thing like crazy.
1: I think he will be emboldened to say something to Rupert in a moment where he realizes that Rupert is unequivocally incorrect within his handling of the situation. <laughs> Nate, much like the... Darth Vader to Emperor Palpatine will stand up and in that moment throw him down the shaft into the heart of the Death Star leading to the explosion and the rebel forces of AFC Richmond will finally be free <laughs> and the Ewoks, known also as the fans of the bar, will raise up <laughs> the individuals and sing songs. Oh my
2: god. That is, uh, I was not expecting that, but well done, sir. Well done. hmm also, uh, Nate's texting the lineup to Rupert. I missed that. Yeah, I was going to call that out. Wow. That's uh, that's some high-quality stuff from Roland Rupi there.
1: Not many owners getting the, uh, the full lineup ahead.
2: <laughs> micromanaging. Almost like asking a
0: question, like, is, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, very micromanaging. G gives him a chance for his last say. Uh, back at home, though, Jade and Nate are enjoying a glass of wine. Nate preps for the next match. Something else is on his mind. Again, his status with Jade. She finally helps him get over it. She says, You should enjoy your victories. It looks like they did. Uh, there it is. What? I love your smile. I like to see my boyfriend happy. Door open. A little, it's little. It's an more.
1: open net. Go! <laughs> Nate scores.
2: Yeah, look, he, he gets it over the line. He, he tried. He tried to kick it out of bounds, a uh, little stumbly-bumbly there, but uh, this is Jake. She's my girlfriend.
1: It's yeah. the Mishi scoring-off-of-his-face moment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of, basically, but he got there over, over, over the line, and, you know, it's it's cool. It's It's been kind of nice to see Nate happy for once. Uh, we saw him in such a dark place last season that this is... Uh, it's a nice little thing for him and and Jade is awesome as a character. I'm I'm really glad they kind of explored that one a little bit.
0: Well, that'll kind of wrap for a character group so we move on to the main theme here. We had take a sad song and make it better. It may have taken a failed trip to Paris for Ted to realize that he needs to move on, but will he? Ted has grown in so many ways and has helped the entire solar system around him grow in so many ways, but He is caught up in the same old, same old. Will Rebecca's advice bring him into a new stage of his life, or will he continue chasing ghosts of yesterday? You also have Keely getting over her failed romantic fling with Jack, right? We got to see how that happens. Will Roy be able to get over his insecurity? And has Nate actually done this? Has he gotten it across the line? Is this
2: the real deal? I don't know man I I it feels like they set up Nate for for a grand last couple of episodes here like he he's really turning the corner but I do think Dan you know we we learned about the dark forest in season 2 it kind of feels like this was a very intentional bit of uh lyricism in uh in this episode to to see the team kind of gather around each other as they have the last couple of episodes
1: Yeah so I do think Nate has done this I think Nate is heading back down the path of light and goodness and turning his back on the darkness I think Roy is going to have a hard time getting over that insecurity but I mean I think we saw there are some clips uh, within the like season trailer where we we saw him and Keely talking later in the season that haven't haven't necessarily hit yet so it's interesting and then uh, Keeley with the romantic failed fling. Yeah, that's done. That's done. We're, we're, yeah, we'll get Keely back. This is, the, the fling is over. That's not reuniting.
2: I want to see her happy again, man. She hasn't been herself this entire season. I kind of want to see her get back to the confident, kick down the door kind of Keely that we got to know.
0: She's only been in relationships. We only know relationship Keeley. We have no idea what she's like outside. So this might be our chance with a few episodes left.
2: Uh you're still pushing Ted Becca. It's a bit annoying, but here you go again. I but I I think I've I've been I don't know if this is a smoke signal or a false flag, smoke but screen. Hannah Sure, that one. Um Hannah Waddingham did an false interview. Flag. This week, whatever. Um, She said it's so weird because I never saw Ted and Rebecca like that in the first place. I saw them as accidental soulmates that neither of them knew they needed. And I felt that very immediately. I felt their shorthand. It felt like kind of the mirror of each other's lives and the tragedies in their lives without either of them realizing it. And I loved all of that. But I never felt like I saw the slightly more generic pedestrian, oh, they're just going to end up together stuff found it funny Um, and she acknowledges the Ted Beckham movement that is out there that I am fully supporting Um, feels like people need to have that to cling on to because it's normal. So I don't know if this is going to happen anymore, but I still want to see it happen personally, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it ends up just Ted ends up back in Kansas. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll ping it around a little bit. We'll see.
0: Um, You ask if Nate will ever apologize to Ted. I'm sure we'll actually get a moment at the end or something yeah. that'll happen, but it'll be like probably super cheesy and uncomfortable. But what about the crown and anchor pub trivia? Everyone's been waiting. The weird questions and observations from one Nick Ferlaney. What do you got for the people this episode? It's,
1: uh, many people are saying it's the only part of the episode that they actually listen to.
2: That's right. We're, we're here for me and my weird ass observations. Number one, what company does Uncle? Bernie Run. It's a very famous company, very lucrative, one of the richest people in the world, it turns out. So, one, one of
1: the most valuable companies in the world. And maybe a, an extra hint it's a non tech company, which to be a non tech company is one of the most profitable in the world. Uh, very, very hard to do.
2: Well done to Uncle Bernie. Uh, <laughs> the second one, probably my favorite of the bunch. What quote unquote pit flavor? <laughs> Does, of Lynx does Jamie lend to Colin? There are many options to choose from, but Colin is a smart boy and he chooses the right one. Uh question number three.
1: I think Nick, you should also highlight that Lynx is the British axe. equivalent of Axe. Axe yeah. body spray, yes. People might not have gotten that. Like hopefully from the bottle shape and appearance they might have, but like if you're wondering what Lynx is, Lynx is axe.
2: That's a it's a callback to season one episode two. So maybe their brains were were triggered by that. Uh, Question number three, what does uh, The Sun, the the newspaper publication, call the uh, data leak that happens? It's a very punny name. Um, Question number four, what book by a famous footballer does Ted read to Henry? This is a great nod uh, to an incredible footballer with an incredible mission. And then number five, if you're into the Beatles at all, you know, this. What was the real Jude uh, named in in Hey Jude? Uh, this is a bit of a a bit of a twist from the the person's actual name. So if you can get those, you are uh, you're on my good list, and uh, very excited to uh, see what comes next. Yeah, at Pod Underdogs, check it out. So winner winner football dinner. Who won the episode? A
0: little bit of a back and forth. You guys are between Beard and Rebecca. Therefore, you need me to give the ever. Consistent judgment, I hear.
2: Can I can I make my case for Rebecca? Indeed, she she slayed it this episode. She was there for absolutely everybody, but mostly for Ted and Keely and their moments of need. Uh, she seems to be on a good path herself, and I think, despite the heroics of others, uh, came through in the clutch too many times to be ignored as the winner of this episode. Dan. Dan, you have Beard, bum. of all people.
1: I do. And, you know, Beard is a backseat driver for a lot of the moments of this show. He is there to ground what what Ted ultimately does, where Ted is the visionary, Beard is the individual who starts to put things into perspective, starts to add the, the real-life structure around them. And The way that Beard knows how to be there as a friend for Ted in the moments in the office, in the moments on giving up a weekend day to spend the full day with him and Henry, to spend all that time to know if they're going to West Ham, he's going to go back home, get his full dress up going on to make sure that he is in full garb when he goes, which would... Get him a lot of jeers. Like, let's just be realistic about that. If you're going to the West Ham actual supporters section and you're wearing enemy colors, you know, that's, that's a stadium where people have thrown coins before. Let's just, not, let's just be frank about that. And then no the speech to Henry at the end to instill the confidence in the young man and to set the stage for where the relationships are going to go. I don't think there's another chance this season. That beard wins another, and I think if that plays on your heartstrings even a little, this has to be the episode where Beard slightly gets the edge over Rebecca.
0: All right, well, it's Rebecca, but good try. So uh, we'll <laughs> oh end it God. there. Add it to <laughs> the tally Just board. She's a common theme. She is. <laughs> I, I, in, I never
1: convinced Brandon. She's
0: in the lead. I mean, Beard was in like two seasons whole or two scenes the whole episode. Dan, come on now. Got to got to got to play to win on this one so Rebecca is firmly in the lead with three at the scoreboard but hey that's it for this episode of the underdogs connect with us at pod underdogs on social media continue the chat let us know what you got on count and anchor if you'd be so kind take the 15 seconds and leave us a five star rating review apple Podcasts and spotify helps other lasso heads like yourself find us would mean the world to us we really appreciate you and until next time well I guess you know what we'll see you after the next episode in a week adios